Creatures of the Night! Welcome to episode 145 of Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, The Undertaker! My name is Alex Dorio and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined, as always... My tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, he is often duplicated but never eliminated, Mr. Travis White. And Travis, we are here, we are hitting the one last speed bump on the road to WrestleMania, but I tell you what, mm. there ain't no stopping us, no. <laughs> ain't no stopping us, no. Ain't no stopping us now, neither one. Oh man, I hate being wrong, but I was so wrong. <laughs> It sounds like no, though. And it says now, but it sounds like no. So, I don't know. I like it either way. It's not. But. It works either way. <laughs> oh, apple dumpling. Uh, what's his name? Does not work, though. Apple apple bearer. Whatever that the one apple was. Apple-shaped totally ball bearer, I believe, apple from shape. our uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. episode 30-something. He buries them alive. But oh, anyway. You can dig the archives for that. You can listen to last week's episode where we talked about the uh, Shelton Benjamin's theme song and tried to get the proper pronunciation for those lyrics. Uh, but tonight, we are moving on to that, like I said, the last exit on the road to WrestleMania. No Way Out Ooh, 2009 and the Elimination Chamber. The Undertaker's second time inside the chamber against the likes of The Big Show, Triple H, Jeff Hardy, Edge, and Costa. Mmm, man. You know, can't win them all. <laughs> Five Hall of Famers and Godfall. Yep, Hall of Shamer. So, <laughs> I mean, he's never going to be invited back for anything, right? I mean... Maybe like a gimmick battle royal or something. I don't even think they'll stoop that low. <laughs> invite him back for that. I could see him on uh, NWA Power, maybe. Oh, absolutely. It'd be great. I love that. NAA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh. goodness. Well, let's get to it, man. Let's dig into this elimination chamber. We got some fun stuff to cover here. Of course, we're going to give you all the build up to the match as we go match by match for the Undertaker's career. And we want to invite you guys also to be sure to stick around to the end because we will also dig into episode two of The Last Ride on the WWE Network, which premiered earlier this week. So we'll have some quick and dirty thoughts on that to close out the show. But for now, we're going to take this time traveling hearse all the way back to January of 2009. Like we said, picking up after the Royal Rumble, where The Undertaker was so rudely and quite unfairly eliminated by the big show there during that match as he yanked him out like a poor sport, like he's Hulk Hogan. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh. But like we said, this is going to be... Uh, for the Elimination Chamber match for the SmackDown uh, World Ch title, which is the WWE title at this point in time, they're going to be having some qualifying matches uh, to roll into that pay-per-view. Uh, which places. is a missed thing. Nowadays, it's just like, these six people are announced during the match, and then they, just, they have a month in between, and they just don't have any build-up. It's like, dude, just have qualifying matches like they used to. 
Sorry. It's it's an easy way to make right TV. TV show yeah. matter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's basic stuff here. And uh, basically, uh, we're going to get a real basic match between Undertaker and Mark Henry in a chamber qualifying match that we've seen a number of times. It's, uh, you know, typical Undertaker-Mark Henry stuff. Only real difference from what we've seen is that Mark Henry, who's been on ECW now, has got old Tony Atlas as his manager. And uh, I like how you described him in your notes, Travis. Yeah, so he looks like... It's if Virgil has an allergic reaction to shellfish. That's what he looks like to me. He's got his sleeves cut off, his white shirt, his tie. He looks just like Virgil, like with a you know, like an iodine allergy or something. Spot he just on. puffed up, just swolled up, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, he didn't sorry. do he didn't do much to help Mark Henry here because Undertaker is going to pick up the win with the Hell's Gate submission to qualify for the Chamber. Uh, where Edge's WWE Championship is going to be on the line. Um, the only thing I wanted to really note during this match is that uh, at one point, Henry dropped an elbow on Undertaker, and Taz came in with one of his wonderful commentary flourishes and said, oh, that's like a mid-size SUV being dropped on him. And JR <laughs> said what I was thinking and says, why yeah. wouldn't you just say it's like a full-size SUV, Taz? <laughs> Touche, JR. Yeah. Like, why would Man, you be little? Got him. Just say. Yeah. If you're going to compare Seriously. him to an SUV, <laughs> just go all the way. Go yeah. all the way. Say it's like a why Hummer. Stop being with the Ford on. Escape. Yeah, not like a Ford Excursion. <laughs> That's like dropping a Ford Escape on him. No, man, just go big. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? Oh, Taz, he's still learning out there. <laughs> Ten years into After it. After eight years, yeah. <laughs> Well, we don't need to talk about these other qualifying matches because they were nothing special. But just so you know, we already spoiled it for you. But Big Show defeated uh, the top contender, Festus, to qualify no for the Elimination way. Chamber. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, I, I can because I watched it. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if Festus would have made it? Oh, yeah. my goodness. That would have been awesome. That would have elevated this over Kozlov. Yeah. But uh, Triple H, he defeated Kali and Kozlov in a triple threat to qualify for the chamber. So Kozlov will get a second chance on SmackDown next week. So as of now, uh, the first four to qualify would be Edge, Undertaker, Big Show, and Triple H. And uh, we're not going to travel to SmackDown again just yet, Travis, because as we said on last week's show... Going into WrestleMania here, uh, the lines are going to start getting really blurry with this brand split. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be swinging back and forth to Raw and SmackDown as you talk about uh, the next episode. Yeah, and it's like like I mentioned last week. You know, I I knew that this match was going to be Randy Orton and Triple H at Mania. Totally forgot that Triple H is technically on um, SmackDown and Orton's on Raw, and also what's going to become the World Title match. Edge, you know, we'll talk about it later on, but like I just totally forgot all this shifting and changing that happens during this build up to WrestleMania. So, but it kind of starts right here. We got Raw February 2nd of 09. We got Orton. He is, uh, tries to basically punt Shane McMahon, uh, backstage because, you know, that's his thing now. He's, he, I think he punted Vince the week before the yeah, Royal Rumble. Royal I believe. Rumble. Yeah. 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 So he's going to punt Shane backstage, but Stephanie kind of jumps in the way and then he, he stops himself and then he, kind of has this look on his face and goes to punt Stephanie, but then Shane jumps in the way and gets kicked in the back. So, um, And then later on in the night, we see Stephanie talking to none other than the mayor of Knox County, Kane, who, <laughs> as we record this, happy May 19th, Kane. 
So. Happy May 19th. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, Stephanie talks to Kane and says, you know, have you talked to, ha- have you gotten in touch with him? Is it set? Did you talk to him? He'll be here. And it's official. And no way out. You are in the elimination chamber. And next week, Randy Orton goes one-on-one with The Undertaker. Man, uh, this is kind of fishy, man. Kane delivering some political favors here with Stephanie McMahon. I, <laughs> this should have come up during the election. It should have. It should have. But, yeah, that'll lead to, you know, kind of takers being, a, I guess, a little tool being used by the McMahons here to get their dirty work done. So I think it's just to draw ratings to Raw, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> On the road to WrestleMania. Uh, you wouldn't say he's a massive tool, right? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Michael Cole's job. <laughs> No, that's uh, that's Josh Matthews. Yeah, Justin Roberts, <laughs> Josh Matthews, whatever. Well, uh, back over to SmackDown. This is February 6, 2009. Uh, Vicky Guerrero is going to come out and announce that if Jeff Hardy is physically able to compete, he will become the fifth entrant in the Elimination Chamber. So that's her giving Edge or giving Jeff Hardy his rematch for the WWE Championship. It'll be inside the Elimination Chamber. She's trying to screw him over uh, because I don't know if we talked about it, but Edge is back with Vicky Guerrero this whole time. So they're yeah, and there's like no sour grapes at all. Yeah, I, like in between them. I didn't I know, know if I missed happened. something. Uh, maybe we did. No. But yeah. I guess when he went to hell, he came back, avenged himself. I guess for all his his uh, past infidelity. So Could I don't be. know. Yeah, I mean that's punishment. Who knows? Enough, it's wrestling. I would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Vicky says that the sixth and final entrant in the elimination chamber is going to be decided in a battle royal to start the show. Except mm. when she said that, uh, I guess she must have flubby dubbed it because it's, <laughs> we see her back as she's delivering it, and you can tell it's yeah. a different voice. Well, it's her voice, but you can tell it's being dubbed over. It's, it's yeah. not live. Yeah, you can tell, man. Definitely, for sure. Like I said, good thing it was taped. So Good thing it was taped. So, top contenders in the ring for this match. We got the likes of you know, Scotty Goldman, Kiz yes. Arnie. Yes. <laughs> Hawkins, Ryder, yes. Jesse, Primo, you know, the pick oh. of the litter to go into this elimination chamber. Oh, my. Can you imagine if any of those guys won? <laughs> would have been. I, I wish they would have. That's like when Santino yes. was in it a few years yeah. later and he made it to the end with Daniel Bryan. Just like so sometimes good. that stuff's great. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Something unexpected. Uh, Chavo is also in there, and there's a funny little moment where <laughs> Vicky says, "This is going to be for the uh, final spot in the elimination chamber." And you cut, they cut to the ring, and Chavo's like waving at Vicky, like, <laughs> yeah. like "You can like, just hello? put me in there, <laughs> your family." <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> so, a nice throwback to La Familia stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, Kozlov is also in this, and he's going to be the one who takes the match. Uh, Sadly, Scotty Goldman, Kazarni, the first two people eliminated. I mean, what a shame. Uh, and pretty much the end of their WWE careers after this. But uh, mm. Kozlov goes into the chamber, so that finalizes the chamber match. Uh, later on in the night, uh, the main event is going to be four of those chamber competitors, the ones that qualified last week, Undertaker, Triple H. <laughs> the ones that matter. <laughs> yeah. 
Undertaker and Triple H teaming up versus WWE Champion Edge and The Big Show. So, what year is this? Yeah, nineteen ninety nine. It could be ninety nine. Could be twenty twenty. Yeah, very, very true. Take Isn't your that bits, crazy? Man. I didn't even think about that. I was going backwards. Go forward, too. Go anywhere you want. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's so exciting. Let's have a clam bake. (laughs) Well, you and Edge are on the same track. Edge is eyeing his WWE title, and he's upset because he has to defend it tonight. And um, he's so excited about it that he he asks uh, Vicky if he can go ahead and have a clam bake later on. Nothing's wrong. Nothing at all. I only have to defend my title in the most dangerous match known to mankind, the Elimination Chamber. And who are my opponents? Vladimir Kozlov, Jeff Hardy, Big Show, Triple H, and The Undertaker. I'm great. Oh, couldn't be better. Let's have a clam bake. Maybe. I don't know what that means. You know, good old Clint. You never been to a clam bake? No. What? <laughs> He's not even from, like, Massachusetts. I don't even know, man. We'll have to ask the uh, bottom line cast guys if they've ever been to a clam bake. Yeah, maybe I bet they, they have. have. I bet they have. Yeah. yeah. Well, Big Show comes in. He makes fun of Edge. They've got a lot of tension amongst themselves. Uh, Big Show kind of took over for Edge when Edge was in hell, and then Edge came back, and so there's tension with this relationship with Vicky. That's going to play into WrestleMania, of course, and um, sure. that plays into the main event as well. Uh, that tag team match that we just talked about. Uh, Taker starts the match with Big Show because that feud will never end for all of eternity. <laughs> Maybe we're in hell. I'm not sure. We keep yeah. to see that. Um, but actually, you know, it's fine. It's a fine main event tag team match. Our uh, tag team specialist, The Undertaker, gets the hot tag. But Big Show ends up snapping Undertaker's head off of the top rope on the outside. And Edge gets a spear for a near fall. But Edge and Big Show have a little miscommunication. And Show just knocks Edge out cold, out of frustration, mm-hmm. and walks away. So Undertaker picks up Edge, gets a tombstone on him, and gets the victory for his team. So teasing tension between them. And then Undertaker leaves and walks up the ramp and does the patented fist raise, looking over his shoulder at Triple H, teasing the tension between them as well. So standard basic stuff building into this big multi-man chamber match. Yeah, and that's going to bring us over to Raw, February 9th, 09. This is when Randy Orton's going to come out with uh, what remains of the legacy, which is Rhodes and uh, Ted DiBiase. And... uh, Lots of RIP Randy signs in the crowd, so the crowds are anticipating Taker versus Randy tonight, and uh, which I guess we haven't really seen in what four years now. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, been a long time. So, um, and Randy says he's going to get to main event WrestleMania and will win either the WWE or World Heavyweight Title, whichever one. He says, you know, last week I was never going to punt Stephanie, but um, uh, I just wanted to show her that I could. You know, I wanted to show her what could happen, what would happen if she got involved, basically. And so he tells Shane that The Undertaker couldn't stop me at Royal Rumble. And he's not going to stop me tonight. So if The Undertaker can't beat me, what kind of a chance do you think that you have? 
because they're going to face off at No Way Out in a, like a no holes barred match or something, I guess. Because yeah. Shane's going to get revenge for him punting his dear old dad, which is going to lead into the rest of the saga toward Triple H. So, man, I forgot how much is all family stuff. It's going to infiltrate his home and stuff too, right? Yeah, that's coming yeah, up soon. It's coming. Uh, anyway, well, uh, as Randy Orton makes his way out to the to ring for his his match against Taker, we see something that we rarely get to see on WWE television. And you pointed out in your notes here is that Stephanie's watching backstage and she's so focused. She's actually watching like a normal person. She's not standing 45 degrees away from the TV watching an angle. So, Blew my mind. I know. I thought I caught it too when I read your notes. I was like, oh, yeah, he thought the same thing I did. <laughs> so it's like, wow. Yeah, she's uh, – I definitely probably got yelled at by Vince for doing that, you know? I bet, yeah. He chewed her out for it. It's yeah. <laughs> like, dang it, Steph. We always stand at an angle and watch TV. Don't you know that? How did I raise you? So, did they do that at home? I can see. They, they must, yeah. Stand at an angle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Vince loved when flat screens came out so he could like, move them around and stuff. Right, yeah. It was Imagine a lot more difficult when you had the giant... Dube. <laughs> to stand way back. So, anyway, um, like I said, the main event's Orton Taker. And again, Cole, Michael Cole, he's on point here. He mentions their feud and King's excited to see Taker back on Raw. I mean, he, I guess he hasn't paid attention to the last several months when he pops up like once every six weeks on Raw. Well, we so, know he doesn't watch SmackDown. So. He doesn't, though, yeah. But, um, and I just noted, too, like in my notes, like in this match, Orton's got so much more of a presence than he did in 05. I know we talked yes. about how um, watching his matches in 05, I, I really appreciated him more now than I did back then. But uh, just seeing how much he's grown in four years. And again, I was so happy to hate Orton back then. But like, again, we talk about it all the time. We respect him so much now. But just seeing how much more comfortable he is, how much more aggression he brought to the ring, and how much more like Taker, um, I, you can tell he, he wants to put him over, like allowing the, the offense he gets and stuff. So re- really, really cool to see that, just how we've seen that career uh, grow and blossom. So anyway, pretty good match. Taker wins with a with a tombstone, or excuse me, he's about to win with a tombstone, and then of course the legacy is going to interfere and cause a DQ, and they start triple teaming um, Taker and Orton's waiting to to get an RKO on him, and uh, Shane McMahon's going to slide in and start roughing up uh, Randy Orton, and then Taker's going to choke slam Cody and Ted DiBiase, and then Shane actually grabs the trash can, puts it on Teddy's face, and hits a coast to coast as Randy Orton watches from on top of the by the Titan Tron, so which is a big bump to do six days before you're about to do it again in the in the you know pay per view. Uh, yeah, and, and he looked roughed up after. Did you watch it, dude? This, he looked bad. This '09 <laughs> run for shit. I remember the first night he came back and he was just whiffing punches on yeah. Orton and Legacy. It was just gassed after 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, he did. He looked a lot better in 2016 when he came back, which is oh, yeah. amazing. But even like this spot should be safe. Like, why would you give this away? Yeah, six days Excuse ahead me. of like I know it's on DBS, it's not Orton, but still, that's a big spot to to give away before pay per view, man. So anyway, that's a that's a go home raw, man. Where did Undertaker go while all that was hey, happening, dude? I was thinking that I was like maybe he used his like magical di- powers and disappeared, <laughs> but like we never that. saw. But the lights never went out, so usually lights go out and disappears, you know. But yeah, I have no idea where he went to. He was just. Like I said, he was just kind of he's there to pop a rating, I think, because he doesn't play into anything else after that. But I was thinking maybe he took the key to the lockbox that night. Maybe Ooh, he dipped out where, real quick. This is where it all started. <laughs> he kept it for seven years. So he could have a hell in the cell. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> just we'll, saying. We'll have to remember that when we get to that match. But 
Like you said, this is the Go Home episode of SmackDown we're going into February 13th, 2009. Uh, happy night before Valentine's Day, everybody. Uh, watch a little SmackDown to get Absolutely. you in the mood. Put some SmackDown on it. Uh, and uh, Edge and Vicky Guerrero come out to open the show. <laughs> Edge is upset. He says he's being forced to defend his title and he you know, puts over the brutality of the Elimination Chamber. Says he suffered a major neck injury from the tombstone uh, from Undertaker last week and that it only happened because the big show betrayed him. His partner punched him in the face. And he says he's still the WWE champion though and he's got... And I enjoy the fact that I got the hottest chick in the game wearing my chain. <laughs> you know what that means. He's throwing out these Canadian isms like Clambake, <laughs> hottest chick in the game, wearing much. I don't know what's going on, man. I'm gonna use that sometimes. <laughs> For what? Day. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> Edge gives the hottest chick in the game uh, his microphone, and she gets booted out of the building, of course, as she tries to make an announcement, and says, after consulting with Edge's doctors, it has been determined that Edge can and will compete on Sunday. However. Based on what happened last week, she has decided to not risk her husband's health any further, and Edge will not compete here tonight. So, smiling, big smiling, big show comes out, waving to the crowd, all happy and goofy, and I guess he's a babyface now. I, it's, I, it's, I, maybe this is heel babyface turn number 387 at this point. It hasn't been that long he's been heel. Like It's been like four months <laughs> I know that he's been a heel. It's, you know, it's just crazy. I mean, he's going to be a heel at the pay-per-view, so I don't... <laughs> and he's a heel later yeah. night, <laughs> This is like twice in a while. I don't know, man. But um, he's playing to the crowd, man. He he swats Edge's mic down. He tells him to relax, save his energy, because after Sunday, he's going to have a lot more to complain about when he's not the champion. And uh, Big Show says that on Sunday, Edge will have no way out of the elimination chamber and then the best part of all this edge does yeah. what we do anytime someone says the pay-per-view <laughs> name he mocks big show so you my long-haired weasley friend while you may have got by tonight come this sunday you're gonna have no way out <laughs> That's cute. That's what you did there, Vicky. Because the pay per view this weekend is called No Way Out. And he's saying, My predicament, I have no way out. Oh, that's so intelligent. Bravo, Big Show. Bravo. So clever. That was perfect. Yeah. I know. I loved it. I had a clam bake. That must have been that. It. <laughs> In your pants? Ew, no. <laughs> Just at home. Oh, you just celebrated. Okay. <laughs> the air fryer. I celebrated. Oh, and the air fryer. Air fryer camera. Glenbrick. Interesting. <laughs> well, uh, Edge, he tells show that all the fans that we're all wrong. There is a way out. He always finds a way out. Because he says, I was literally sent to hell. But yet, I stand here as the WWE champion. Yeah, and I just took... I, I, I'm opposed to this statement because, no, you are figuratively sent to hell. I hate when people use literally the wrong way. It drives me insane. I'm a grammar Nazi when it comes to that. So I mean, we don't know. 
No, I know. We don't know for sure. <laughs> no, no he says he's he was literally sent to hell. Oh, man. I was like, no. You, you were figuratively mm-hmm. okay. sent there. So. Okay. Agree to disagree. If he just hadn't said literally, it would have been fine with me. He said, I was sent to hell. Just just <laughs> let it go. Just let it, you know. But you don't say literally. It's not literally. Anyway, I'll drop my soapbox. He might have been. Uh, he says Big Show is wrong, 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 wrong. Uh, and Show and Edge start arguing back and forth. Vicky tells him to stop and says that Edge can't compete tonight. Big Show will compete against Kozlov, Triple H, and The Undertaker in a fatal four-way. So, after that way too long segment, uh, we see The Undertaker cutting a backstage promo. He says, Tonight is but a prelude to the pain and suffering his opponents will endure at No Way Out. And inside the chamber, I have but one ally. And I will use that demonic structure to administer pain so legendary that even the shadows will cower with fear. Victory is my destiny. And as far as the others, their fate is sealed. Six men will enter. And five will rest in peace. Man, that was deep. That was some hate Vance and stuff right there. He's going places, man. <laughs> He's going to hell, bringing those words out. And, uh, yep. As intense as he was, Triple H is taking this whole thing lightly because he is a promo with Tool Grisham backstage and he takes the time to plug his new t-shirt. <laughs> well, Todd, I've got to say, I'm extremely confident about tonight because as you can see, I'm wearing the brand new Triple H t-shirt available at www.shop.com. You know, Todd, when you look good, you feel good. He does no. point out, he makes a great point, and he's, he's confident because he's got the advantage this Sunday since no one else in the chamber has been in more than one other chamber match. And as for him, that will be his sixth on Sunday. So Wow. That's a reason to be confident, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's been in, what, one a year since it came out? That's crazy. Just about, yeah, just about yeah. every one of them. Yeah, that's crazy, man. You don't really think about, I mean, that's his match. You have to win them all, but that's, yeah. it really is, you know. Well, Hell in the Cells could be, I think he and Taker are almost tied for Hell in the Cells. Yeah. It's, uh, they're up there. I don't have these stats in front of me, nobody correct me, but I'm just saying they're they're both no, of them. That's close. Yeah, you yeah, can make an close. argument either way. Yeah. Well, Undertaker comes out last for the main event Fatal 4-Way match, makes his big epic entrance, and Taz and JR hammer the point home that Vicky made this match so that all of Edge's opponents would tear each other apart before Sunday in case we're four years old and we don't understand plot lines for things. Yep. Uh, Taker and Triple H kick Kozlov and show out of the ring and get to have a little stare down and face off that the crowd is really into. So a little tease for a few WrestleManias from now. And uh, this was it was what it was. It was a fun five-minute little sprint of a match. Sure. Everybody hits their finishers. Undertaker hits a tombstone Triple H. Big Show runs in. Choke slams Taker. Edge runs in and spears Big Show. And that's a disqualification. And the show ends with Edge uh, standing tall over his opponents heading into No Way Out, even though... I thought you couldn't have disqualifications in a fail four-way match. Right. Yeah, I don't remember. I, mean, I know nowadays it's like it's anything goes. Basically, any three- or four-way match is 
basically an ODQ match. They use weapons and stuff, but I don't remember back then there was so strict on it. But yeah, I was blown away. I was like, wait, that's a stupid ending. That doesn't make any sense. Nah, it's them changing the rules to fit what they need to, which. That's the story of the Elimination Chamber, too, as we take it to No Way yeah. Out in <laughs> 2009, February 15th. Uh, you got a nice bookend on your Valentine's Day. You got to watch SmackDown, have a night with the lady or the fella, and then watch Elimination Chamber. Yeah, you could. Absolutely. So, yeah, February 15th, 09, from the Key Arena in Seattle, Washington. I, you know, I'd like to go to that arena. That's a famous arena. I was being a, used to be a huge Pearl Jam fan. They played there a lot of times, and I'd like to go see that area you know see seattle but anyway i've never seen this show i don't remember but i do remember um i may have seen the raw match before because i remember like just the cool storytelling throughout the night with edge and for those of you who don't remember this night uh i remember reading the like the you know i guess we'd call them well, we didn't have social media really back then where Twitter was you – know, well, Twitter was around, I guess, technically, no, but um, it wasn't really big. No, I wasn't on it or anything. Yeah, nobody was on it really. Just like uh, Ashton Kutcher was about the only person on it. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> but, um, you know, so you really weren't getting live results like, as it happened, but you would get you know as up-to-date as possible in the message boards and stuff. You no, know? I'd read on uh, Wrestling Observer or live yeah. results. That's, that's what I usually did. Yeah, and so I remember reading like – we're going to get to it in a minute, but like Edge gets loses the title immediately in this match. And then, like, later on in the night, he comes out and takes Kofi Kingston's spot and wins the Raw match and wins the WWE, no, the World Heavyweight title in that match. And it's just, I remember thinking, like, how cool of that, like, was a story, you know, that being told to on a pay per view. Like, you don't see that a lot of times in a pay per view. So, I don't know. I just thought it was really neat and a cool way to get the titles. To where they needed to be, even though this you know brand mix-up that makes sense, it, it kind of makes sense the way they're doing it here. So, and again, kudos to Edge because he's the guy Vince picked to do all that. You know, like I don't know, I just the more I watch this stuff with Edge, the more I realize just how how awesome he was and is, you know, and how big of a like cog in the in the wheel he was back then. How important he was to WWE and SmackDown during these these years. You know, it's a perfect storyline for Edge. It's one yes. of those things. You know, one of the criticisms a lot of people have for Undertaker is that, yeah, anybody would be over if you gave him all the benefits and all the, you know, all the boosts that WWE gives Undertaker, right. which I think we've debunked that because they, sure. they've done that for a lot of people. And uh-huh. you could say that for Edge, too. Like, yeah, I mean, they put him in all these awesome storylines and set him up to have, you know, the most title reigns, like, yeah. combined <laughs> out of anybody. But... He also he lives up to the moment every yes, single time, yes. and he adds to it. Like we talked about during SummerSlam 2008, where mm-hmm. he took that whole storyline to another level here. So, yes, it's like you kind of can't have one without the other, but right, he keeps getting these awesome opportunities because he keeps living up to them, and he keeps doing exactly. awesome things, which is the same with the Undertaker. You know, he wouldn't keep getting all the benefits if he didn't earn them. Every single time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, it is a cool storytelling night um, between the both both the, ma- the main event matches and uh, and just Edge. And, you know, I think on one of the SmackDowns, I think the one you just covered, Big Show said something about, you know that every brand has an elimination chamber. And I would go, uh, 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 there was no ECW <laughs> extreme elimination chamber. We saw the one and only one of those yeah. in Augusta, Georgia, baby. <laughs> They're not getting those opportunities anymore. <laughs> no, I think it was uh, Jack Swagger versus, uh, I don't know, 
Mark Henry or something. I don't know. It, was, it doesn't matter. Who cares what it was? Well, the uh, the most surprising thing to me of this show, I, I don't know if we've ever seen this. Someone needs to correct us if I'm wrong. This may have been the first time ever the Undertaker kicks off this pay-per-view. He makes his entrance in the first match as the first competitor in it. I cannot remember in 145 episodes the Undertaker kicking off a pay-per-view. What about you? Do you remember something I don't? I don't remember that. I remember him being early on in the car, but I don't remember him. If he was in the first match, he wasn't the first one out. So yeah, I think you're right, man. You know, Because, uh, I mean, we've covered them all. But I can't recall that you know being something we've uh, talked about. But, uh, yeah, it's really, really rare and really Very cool rare. to see. Historic it stood moment. out. Yeah. It did. Well, he gets the big entrance with – they're using the same elimination chamber pretty much since they've used since that December to dismember show that we were at. And, uh, we of course talked about back in the archives, but sadly, since Undertaker is the first one out, we don't get that classic tradition of him slamming the cage or the chamber or the cell door behind him. But, uh, they do still get in some really nice camera shots of him coming in the chamber, raising the lights, the way they frame it, some really cool stuff Mm -hmm. in there. Yeah, and so, again, knowing he's in the pod, or knowing he's out first means you know he's going to go in the pod, so he's not going to start this match, um, which is cool because it builds anticipation because you know when he comes out, the crowd's going to erupt, no matter if he comes out first or second or whatever. It doesn't matter. That's that's perfect placement, and that's knowing your competitors and knowing, you know, there's an art to it, you know, making who who comes out, and sometimes that art is lost. Sometimes it it, it makes sense. But anyway... um, JR reminds us that Taker's been in one of these, and last year he won the whole dang thing. So, and we covered that. You know, that was a uh, uh, pretty cool. But anyway, you know, next is Big Show, and uh, Seattle gives him like a mixed reaction. And JR runs down the rules here, just in case you've never seen one of these in the last seven years. <laughs> but uh, Big Show's going to start this, I guess, the domino effect rolling of where you you come in the the elimination chamber, you eye down whoever's in the pod. That's right. kind of the standard wrestling one-on-one elimination chamber so and uh jr reminds us that big show is the only man in history to become the world champ the wwe champ and ecw champ so isn't that which is true it is it's so bizarre now granted the ecw title wasn't the real one but still you know it's uh it's still i think it follows the lineage honestly on the their title history so you know still the only guy the only (laughs) one (laughs) yeah weird it is weird, but a cool accomplishment. We'll give him that. Uh, sure. Kozlov is out third, and he eyes the first two guys in there. Triple H is the final person to enter one of the pods, and he takes it to another level because he yeah. stands yeah. up, does his little big pose in the corner in front of the Big Show's pod, and when he goes to spit the water out, he actually just spits it through the top of the pod into Big Show's face, <laughs> which was hilarious. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I loved it, man. You know that was just – you know he didn't plan that. He I just like not. did it. Yeah, that's great. Just the yeah. show was probably angry at him backstage later. But – um. Well, Jeff Hardy comes out next. This is his first match back since the Royal Rumble. And, uh, you know, if you follow the storyline, I think Matt Hardy's the one that cost him the title match to Edge that night. So, um, anyway, I thought, you know, there was a missed opportunity here. Again, I'm armchair quarterbacking, but, like, wouldn't it have made more sense for Vicky to have ensured the Edge was in a pod? You know? Absolutely. But, 
Yeah. I, I guess that maybe this is supposed to be his his Jeff's return match or rematch, so they're going to have to start him off. So I don't know. I just thought maybe there was more on the there was more meat on the bone there where he could have tried to you know get into some kind of qualifying match against you know Chavo or something to me the last pod intern or something. But anyway, but once you see how the whole night plays out, right. you understand why. So, but just you know from watching it initially, that's my initial reaction. You know, as if I was going into it the first time. So, but uh. Taz reminds us Edge is not 100% due to Taker's tombstone the other week, and Edge kisses his title basically goodbye and gives it to Mike Kyoto, um, who shuts the door, and uh, JR then gives us the the rules again, and he's flubbing, flubby-dubbing all over the rules, and Taz is like, actually, JR, what I think you meant to say is, and he gives us the rules again, and it's like, Yeah, he was not with it this night. It's bad when Taz has to cover for you. That's yeah, that's rough. rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was also surprised Jeff Hardy didn't have any face paint on. No body paint, face paint, or anything for this match. Yeah, I know. You thought he would, but yeah, I don't know. he was doing it all the time back then, especially for pay per views. But that's cool to see these two old classic rivals starting off this match, and obviously their rivalry been renewed over the past few months, and. Jeff goes straight after Edge and it hits a series of running clotheslines. Edge gets the Yakuza kick, as you called it a couple weeks mm. ago, to knock Jeff down for a two count. And the crowd, man, you talk about wanting to go to this arena. This crowd was awesome tonight Dude. during this match. And there were so many signs in the audience. You know so many signs, signs over in the audience? They were chanting it was like attitude throughout era. the whole yeah. match. It was like Attitude Era. Yeah. Uh, and they're chanting for Hardy, Hardy, as Edge yeah. gets a crossbody onto Hardy, who is like draped across the second rope, like kind of six one nine style. And Edge hits a crossbody on him, kind of a unique maneuver. And Edge gets a two count off of that. And then Edge does basically the old Scott Hall mock of the Big Show's choke slam right yeah. in front of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's starting to get distracted, man, and that's not going to be good. He is, and then Jeff Hardy's going to going to reverse with a, a, t- a tilt to war head scissors, if you will, and then goes for a twist of fate that Edge then reverses out of it, goes for the Impaler DDT. Jeff Hardy reverses that into an actual twist of fate, hits it, goes up top. Uh, crowd's chanting hardy hardy he goes for the swan time but he misses it so he tried to hit it too early and then edge is going to go for a spear he's waiting in the corner he runs at jeff as jeff gets up and jeff grabs him cradles him rolls him up in a small package and gets the surprise one two three so your wwe champion edge is the first one eliminated without anybody being released from the pods yet so their rematch jeff got the win this was awesome so yeah. surprising. Nobody saw it coming. The crowd no. doesn't even know what to do. Edge is selling it like, what the heck just happened? And he's forced to exit the chamber as JR and Taz, like, they're putting it over. We are guaranteed mm-hmm. a new champion in this match, no matter what now. So, uh, really, really awesome moment to start this match and, and I mean, to start the whole pay per view off, too. Yeah, and it's really hard to surprise fans, uh, especially nowadays. I mean, it's been 11 years since this, but nowadays there's not a lot of surprises us. We, too much stuff gets leaked or whatever. Like this was, 
this was so surprising at the time. Like I said, I wasn't watching it, but I remember reading about it and just being like, what? Like, Edge is eliminated already? Like, what about WrestleMania? Like, what's going to happen? Like, it's Mania season. It's in a month, you know? Like, so just remember kind of like my emotions during this. Like, man, what, what, like they got me here. You know, it's it's rare to get got by the, by the E, if you will. And uh, they got us here all this night. That's one of those things where you might think, oh, my God, he lost in three minutes like, to a roll-up. But when you know... Okay, he's gonna come back and win the other yeah. world title. It's fine. Like mm-hmm. that—that's what you should do. He doesn't need to go to the end and lose just by a, a millisecond or something. He should look like an idiot, like yeah. a fool, because he's the heel. And then he comes back and screws somebody else over to get his way later on. It's perfect. Yeah, and winning with a small package. We talked a long time ago on this podcast. Like that's what wrestling was about. It was about mm-hmm. can you pin your opponent's shoulders to the ring it wasn't about can you do a flippity doodah off the top rope to a table and then pin him it's like no wrestling is supposed to be just can you pin your opponent no matter what like that's your if, if you can pin him with a small baggage who cares like that's it you got the win man that flippity doodah sounds like something <laughs> jeff Hardy would do <laughs> that's my favorite ride at disneyland <laughs> <laughs> well <Flippity> we- <laughs> We get the countdown for the next entrant into the chamber, and it's Kozlov. And why? Yeah, that kills the crowd right there. Hardy goes right after him and gets booted down. The town. Basically, man. Uh, <laughs> match kind of slows to a halt at this point as Kozlov takes over. He's ramming Hardy into that corner, uh, but the crowd—they they are still in it. They're chanting USA. Sure. And Hardy co- tries to come off the top rope, but Kozlov hits this battering ram headbutt that uh, sort of his move during this time. Throws Hardy into the cage over and over again. Tosses him back in the ring. Gets a two count. And uh, yeah, this this uh, five minute segment was feeling really really long in between entrance. It's because all he does are headbutts, kicks, and fallaway slams. I mean, that's it. He's like a guy. It's like when you teach your friend how to play No Mercy or something. Like they only know how to do like the same thing. They don't understand the diversity of what you can actually do. It's like he just hits headbutts, kicks, and he hits like three fallaway slams and like a backbreaker. I'm just like, dude. But and then he goes for like a, a like, like a horizontal bear hug, man. Like he's laying down on the ground with a bear hug, right? Um, which the standing up bear hug gets you know it's, the visual of that is wrestling psychology. Like you can see it by st- you're. You're in the middle of a big metal cage, and you're laying down, hugging somebody with pods blocking all the corners. The crowd can't see that. Like, stand up, dude. Come on. But anyway, I'm not a wrestler, but I'm just saying. Um, But yeah, then Jeff fights back with a hope spot. Kozlov takes him down. We see Taker kind of pacing in the pod over there, just jonesing to get out, get his hands on these guys. And then Kozlov runs, and Jeff reverses, kicks him in the face in the turnbuckle. And then Jeff hits that cool little kick that uh, I think – What's her name does it nowadays? Lacey Evans does it nowadays. But uh, Jeff, where he would kind of st- like, almost do a headstand on the top top uh, ropes and then kind of kick the guy in the chest mm-hmm. as he came down. So yeah. does that, gets a two count. So uh, Hardy gets a whisper in the wind as we get the countdown for the next entrant. And it's going to be the big show as the next man <laughs> into the match. Yep. Out wow. of the frying pan into the fire, I guess. <laughs> uh, and show steps over Kozlov and heads straight to Jeff Hardy, ta- ripping off Hardy's shirt, tossing him across the ring, and 
show steps on Hardy and him and Kozlov double team the crowd favorite with headbutts and they slowly work over Jeff Hardy. <laughs> they try to one up each other and I was nearly falling asleep during this stuff, man. <laughs> Again, I'm not in. I'm into the psychology part of this. I'm just not into Kozlov at all as a character. But I do like the psychology of these two big bruisers that can just own this little guy, a, a red hot baby face, and Jeff Hardy, who's going to get so much sympathy. So you got the big heels just beating him down and kind of one up on each other. Now, if this was Taker and Kane doing this to X Pac, sign me up, you know, like sure. or something. But like it's Kozlov and Big Show at the time, who I just wasn't a huge fan of, and. But again, Jeff's a sympathetic baby face no matter how you slice it. And um, he does his, his role very well. But you're right. It's very slow. Um, JR makes a great point, though, here. He's like, these two guys are wasting their time. One of them should pin Jeff Hardy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you, JR. Like, just pin him and get it over with. Like, you know? So, but he fights him. He fights back with a hope spot. And then Big Show with a headbutt uh, just kills the crowd at this point. So. And Kozlov finally attacks Big Show with a battering ram and knocks Show off his feet. And Show and Kozlov, then they have a stare down. And Mm -hmm. I think they thought this was going to get a big reaction out of the crowd, but this was like the only time the crowd was silent. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. These two guys tried to have a stare down. I don't know what they're going for here, man. Uh, But thankfully, the countdown clock saves the day, and Triple H enters the match, and at least he's got some energy coming in here, man. He's got some babyface fire. He goes straight after Big Show and hits the old Harley Race knee lift, a high knee on Kozlov, spine buster on Big Show, clothesline on Jeff Hardy, flips Kozlov out of the ring, and the crowd starts chanting, Triple H, Triple H. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, he came in with a bunch of NWA moves, too. Look at that. Mm-hmm. All the guys. It's <laughs> like war games, like, man. Yeah, it really was, man. He comes in with Harley Race and Arn Anderson and like Ric Flair stuff, so it's great. But yeah, you're right. He comes in, House of Fire, crowds behind him. Again, Taker's pacing in the pod, you know, over there. Triple H and Kozlov are on the uh, outside, and Triple H goes for pedigree, but Big Show stops it and chops Triple H in the chest. Which again, why would you do that? Just yes, just let him hit the move on the guy. Yeah, I don't understand, but but when he chops Triple H in the chest, Triple H like backflips into the ring and. Kozlov is on Jeff Hardy in one corner. Big Show is on Triple H on the other. And uh, Big Show hits a sidewalk slam for a two count. Taker is literally at this point punching the glass of the pod, <laughs> just waiting to get in. And I felt like the same way. I'm doing that in my brain, just punching my brain, trying to get get past this part yes. so we can get Taker in Please here, man. Get in here. But, yeah, but they're just killing time, uh, beating up the baby faces. And the crowd is Undertaker because they know he's the last one coming out. Triple H blocks a choke slam, but Show lifts Triple H over his head for a gorilla press slam and drops him down. And Taz says, "That's like falling off the space needle." <laughs> Got to get your obligatory cheap pop for the you know locale. Well, he learned though. He he didn't say that's like falling off a three story apartment building. Like, he, he, he did. Yeah. He did go for the big thing. You know, that's true. He yeah, didn't call he's, him you know, he, you're right. He's SUV. <laughs> Yeah, he went real big. The space he deal. Did. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Hardy and Triple H actually start working together, and they hit a double suplex on Kozlov. Um, oh, let me go back. Uh, 
Big Show slams Triple H into the cage, splashes him against the cage, and Hardy tries to jump onto Show, but gets slammed in the cage as well. And then Big Show tries to sandwich both of those guys up against the cage, uh, but they move, and Big Show runs himself into the cage there. As, like you said, we're just killing time before the final entry gets in there. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like, Triple H and Jeff hit a tandem suplex on Kozlov. Jeff hits a whisper in the wind to Triple H. I think that's the second or third time he's tried that move now. <laughs> um, and again, it does, it's the same. I think it's the second time. And so same thing as the first first time we did it. Whisper in the wind, that's the cue to hit the countdown. So the countdown, it, the, it's time, man. Taker's literally kicking the pot open uh, when when, it's, when it's, pot, it's time for his pot to open. And he immediately just lunges at Big Show with rights and lefts. And this crowd, this Seattle is jones in to see the undertaker right here they're just loving everything he's doing he comes in like a house of fire goes to kozlov hits a ugly snake eyes because kozlov just sandbags him dude yep ah. big, big big well uh, hits big splashes in the corner on triple h and hardy and then undertaker goes for a double choke slam on these guys but again Big Show must have gotten the rules from JR or something. He's got them all flubby dubbed in his head. He breaks this up. I like, know. What are you doing? Why are you saving know. these guys? Uh, no sense at all. Uh, and you should just go some... stand on top of the pod and wait for everybody to eliminate themselves. Just and hang then out. just come down. Yes. Yeah. Undertaker makes him pay for it with a flying clothesline, and I just wrote this match was finally picked up, man. It is it is going good now. Uh, Taker goes for old school on Triple H, but ends up jumping on the Big Show instead. Well, this is my my favorite part of the match so far because Taker goes up for old school, and you can literally I have my headphones, and you can literally hear a little kid say, "Undertaker, look out!" <laughs> so awesome. I had to rewind it like four times. Yeah. And because again, like you said, Big Show is right there on the grate. So Taker giving a round of applause, way to go to that child coach. And then, like you said, Big Show catches him when Taker comes off, and Taker DDTs him though, which will take out you know Big Daddy V, but not the Big Show. Mm. So yeah, Taker goes old school on Triple H, like it's nineteen ninety seven again. Hits a boot on Jeff, and then Kozlov hits that battering ram to Taker's chest, but like doesn't work it. He for a shoot headbutts him in the chest, and they both fall over. Like it was <laughs> awful looking, dude. He's so he sloppy. probably got a receipt backstage from that. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, man. Uh, he goes for punches in the corner, and you can guess what happens next as Undertaker picks Kozlov up and hits the last ride, sends him packing as now we go down to four. Uh, Kozlov and Edge and Is that his first loss? It's His first pinfall loss? Yes, but he's still going to be undefeated. In singles competition, in right? Singles That's competition. what they're. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, we'll fill in the fill in the blanks on that one on next week's episode. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, show comes right after Taker here with a choke slam, but he can't get the pin. Triple H tries to pedigree show, but Big Show flips him onto the steel. Uh, Big Show tosses Jeff Hardy onto Triple H, and then tosses Jeff Hardy onto the cage, but he Spider Man's it uh, or RVDs it, I guess, and it climbs to the top of one of the pods. But Show crotches him through the pod, grabs his legs, pulls him down onto the chain. Uh, Big Show goes onto the top rope, and Undertaker follows him. I thought we were going to get like a Tower of Doom thing with uh, Undertaker, too. Big Show, and Jeff Hardy. But it's just Undertaker superplexing Big Show, which is still cool. Yeah, it's still cool. But then somehow Big Show's the first one up. 
Like he yeah. he gets suplexed, but he's the first one to get up. And then Triple H hits him with a pedigree, and the crowd is in a frenzy at this point because I mean the key arena is on their feet because Jeff Hardy is on top of a pod, mm-hmm. you know, in the elimination chamber. So he comes off with a huge swanton off the top of the pod uh, onto the Big Show, but he can't cover. Triple H covers Big Show and eliminates him. So we're down to the three biggest babyfaces on SmackDown in the ring together. Which is cool. A little bit, probably not what you expected to have been here. Uh, but it's a fun reward right. for having to sit through all the crap with Kozlov and Big yeah. Show and all that stuff. Uh, Jeff Hardy goes for, you know, the Whisper in the Wind, which he keeps going for yeah. in this match. Yeah. But Undertaker moves out of the way. Uh, he tosses Triple H into the corner, and Triple H does the a big old Ric Flair bump outside onto the steel. Oh, yeah. Uh, Taker goes for old school onto Jeff Hardy, but Triple H trips him up and crotches him on the top rope. And then Jeff Hardy leaps off the Undertaker's back for a poetry in motion onto Triple H. So, that was so awesome, man. I yeah, loved it. Taker playing Matt Hardy. Yeah, I love that. And um, so, yeah, he jumps on Triple H on the outside, and then Taker does kind of redoes that spot that um, I guess it was Hell in a Cell with uh, Batista, right? Mm, yeah, he kind of yeah. grabs him from the outside and flips him over the top rope, um, catches him in a tombstone. Uh, hits him and eliminates him. So we're down to Triple H and the Undertaker. You know, it's left. So again, it's 1998 all over, 1999 all over again. So these two guys at the end. But you know, I really remember thinking that Jeff Hardy is going to win this um, uh, and have him and Matt as a you know world title match. I mean, at the time, that's what I thought when I was reading the results of pay per view. So, but we don't get that. But we do get him and Matt still at WrestleMania. So. We do here, and we get down to Triple H and Undertaker. They, they back into the corners, kind of reset the match here, take a little breather. As uh, JR says that this one's going to be decided inside Satan's vacation house in hell. <laughs> Which, I thought Satan lived in hell. I don't know why he has a vacation well, house a, also you, in hell. You know. <laughs> you know. Okay. You know. That's a classic JR line right there. Oh, yeah. He'd been saving that one in the bank like, oh, he, for all he, night. Oh, he yeah. loved it. Yep. It came to him in a dream or something. Yeah. Well, like you said, they get in opposite corners and take motions like, for him to bring it. And Triple H rushes, rushes at him but uh, eats a big boot. And Taker's going to punch him in the corner, go on the headbutts. Triple H kind of falls on his knees, like kind of pulling from that Ric Flair you know, school of wrestling. More headbutts from Undertaker and punches in the corner like he's taking from that big show school of wrestling. <laughs> And then Triple H moves as Taker rushes him, and he catches himself on the top rope like he's prone to do with his leg and flips all the way over onto the grating. So now they're on the outside. Triple H comes off the top rope, but Taker catches him by the throat, hits a choke slam on him, gets a two count. Nice yeah. near fall there. Uh, Irish whip into the corner, and Undertaker hits Snake Eyes. He goes for a big boot, but Triple H nails him with a spine buster for another two count. And Triple H goes for pedigree on the outside, but Taker catapults him into the cage. And the crowd, man, they've been awesome this whole time. We've got dueling Triple H, Undertaker, chance as the crowd uh, is just loving this finale. Yeah, it's great. And again, we're getting like a mini match between just these two. You know, it's really cool. Um, And uh, Taker does the throat slash, and he gets Triple H up on his shoulder for a tombstone, but Triple H falls back into the ring. And he actually, yeah, I'm sorry, he's on the outside. Taker picks him up kind of like he did the Batista spot, 
or the Jeff Hardy spot, but then Triple H flips over, has Taker up for a tombstone, but then Taker flips over again. He's got Triple H up, so it's kind of like a double, you know, whammy there. And then Taker double flippity doodah, flippity a. My oh my, hit a tombstone today. So yeah, he hits it right there. Does the classic pin. Triple H gets his foot on the bottom rope though, and somehow Charles Robinson has magic eyeballs because he can see this foot on the rope from the opposite angle. So I don't know. I was a little bit taken aback by that, but is what it is. That is a great near fall, though. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great spot. Great moment. Everyone thought that was the end here. Yeah. Both guys struggled to their feet, and Triple H kicks Undertaker in the gut, hits a pedigree. One, two. Oh, kick out there again. Yeah. Everyone thought that was going to be it after all that. And this crowd, just they don't know what to do. They are losing their minds. Uh, they're going nuts out here as Triple H crawls toward Undertaker. And both guys struggle to get to their feet again. And they're really selling the exhaustion of being in this chamber match. Yeah, it really reminded me like a, like a boxing match where you got the 15th round. They're just kind of leaning on each other and... But like these guys are just really selling that exhaustion, like you said. It's really good stuff. And they're going to trade punches. Middle of the ring, Taker knocks Triple H down. Iris whip is reversed. Triple H goes for 10 punches in the corner. The exact same corner as Kozlov. The cursed corner, if you will. Taker picks him up for a last ride, but Triple H flips over, lands on his feet, and it's going to take us here to the ending here. Triple H hops out. Kick, wham, pedigree. That is it. Triple H pins The Undertaker, wins the WWE title for the 13th time uh, after 35 minutes and 55 seconds. So definitely a battle, one of the longer matches we have covered here on the show. And man, both guys really selling the exhaustion again throughout all this. Uh, Taker, he pulls himself up and starts to walk through the chamber and just kind of turns around and gives Triple H just a really subtle nod of respect as he walks out of the match. And, you know, I would have wanted Undertaker to win, but I'm honestly okay with him losing here because if he'd have won, he would have had to carry around the the spinner belt. And uh, <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm actually glad Undertaker never ended yeah. up with that version of the WWE title, man. It just just wouldn't have looked right. That's a great point, man. That's a great point. Yeah, he even as cartoony as his character is, he needs he doesn't need that, no. you know. He'd like a toy, so yeah, that's that would have been crazy. But yeah, man, I um, I'm fine with the ending here. Again, uh, it's going to lead us to Triple H and Orton at WrestleMania. I would if Taker would have won, I don't really know what he would have who he would have faced, you know. Um, right. I didn't really see anything waiting in the wings for him. So, uh, but anyway, but man, if you take Kozlov out, I really would really like that match. I thought it was a really fun beginning, really fun ending, um, and just you know the middle part with Big Show and Kozlov. It's no offense to Big show. He knows what he's doing, but Kozlov just sucks, man. He just really does. He's he's no he has nothing like he for has me. No business being out there. No. Uh, we'll talk about that some more next week's show. But dang it, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, I thought the first five minutes was cool. I thought the next twenty minutes was a snore fest, and everything from the point Undertaker came in the last ten minutes or so was was fantastic. So sure. if I were you got listeners out there. I would just fast forward to whenever the Undertaker pops into the chamber and just watch it from then. Cause it's really, really fun ending to the match and you don't really need anything that happens before Undertaker. As long as you know, edge pins Jeff Hardy real quick, maybe watch that little part. Fast forward to where you see Undertaker comes. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Hardy pins edge. Yeah. Yeah. 
Just fast forward to that yeah. point because it's awesome from that point on and terrible before that, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. Yeah, watch the beginning and watch everything when Staker comes in. So good stuff there. And again, like I said earlier, Edge is going to take out Kofi and win the world title later on. And just a, just a cool night, man. Like I said, you couldn't have gone in this pay-per-view saying, like, I know it's going to happen. No, nobody saw this pay-per-view coming, like what happened in it, you know? So it uh, they threw everybody for a loop. So. And also, The Undertaker's WrestleMania 25 opponent, Shawn Michaels, defeats JBL on this night to earn his freedom and his uh, his financial independence, whatever the heck they were trying to do with that awful storyline. But that paves the way for The Undertaker's next pay-per-view match at WrestleMania 25 as we keep this podcast rolling, rolling, rolling onto the last ride. You know, that is such an iconic match, such a special match. That one's going to take us a long time to dig into and to cover. And Travis and I, we want to make sure we're really prepared for that episode for uh, for you guys. We got a lot of uh, ground to cover before then. We want to get our research done and make that a very special episode. So we're actually going to push that one back one week. So we're going to make you guys wait one more week for that match. Uh, it's not going to come to you next week. We're going to take a little pause. We're still going to bring you an episode next week. We're going to do something uh, fun that we hadn't done here in a while. Uh, we haven't actually ever done it on this show. We haven't had all four of us on the show. But we're going to invite the guys, Mike and JV, from the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, back onto the show next week for a uh, for another detour on the road to WrestleMania. I said there weren't any more, but this is going to be a quick detour uh, for just... Uh, kicks and giggles we're going to take it back to armageddon 2000 that crazy six-man hell in a cell match with the undertaker choke slam and rikishi off the cage and do a watch along with mike and jv uh we uh we did it on their show with the four of us uh they came on the show with just me a few months back but we're gonna have all four of us a fatal four-way it's gonna be wild it's gonna be sane we're gonna be talking all over each other it's gonna be stupid it's gonna be ridiculous but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we want to bring it to you guys and have a little fun. Uh, meanwhile, we're preparing to make the WrestleMania 25 episode very special for you guys. So, Because uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm probably going to have to watch that match twice. I'm going to have to watch it once just to enjoy it and then watch it again and take my notes, honestly. Because I'm going to need some time to watch that so and soak it in. That's right. And that'll, I'm sure that'll be a long one. So we'll give you a, a little breathing room with the uh, watch along episode. And uh, we're going to make it fun and entertaining. We hope you guys will enjoy that as well. Uh, one of uh, one of the fans, I think, most favorite matches of Undertaker's career, that, that Armageddon Hell in a Cell. People love that match. So many all-stars from the Attitude Era. So that will be fun to do next week. Uh, but... We want to hear your comments on this match, what you thought about it. You guys can always hit us up at Talking Taker, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You know we're posting fun stuff over there all throughout the week, posting the build-up for these matches. Uh, Actually, comment on last week's episode, um, Watch Along Wrestling. He brought up that Hacksaw Jim Duggan return in that 09 Royal Rumble match. He says there's like a DVD extra somewhere where Hacksaw talks about how much it meant to him that someone like Undertaker was selling for him and and get showing him that sort of respect in that match, you know, after, you know, he's this old guy coming out there. So I thought that was really neat, uh, really great point to bring up there and uh, something special for Hacksaw. And there you go. 
you also brought up wanting to see some pictures from Randy Turco's trip to World War III, 1997. And uh, yes. he was kind enough to post some great shots from that pay-per-view. He had some incredible seats. Oh, man. I'm uh, looking at him right now. He said his uncle was a cop and he always needed the security guards so uh, they could get him closer whenever the show was there. So that is pretty pretty cool thanks for sharing that randy we've got those over on at talking taker on the on Holy the twitter crap. um lots of good wcw uh see steve mcmichael <laughs> oh but then he said his his uncle pulled a hill turn on him two days later i know <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said it's a baby face move to take your your nephew to a pay-per-view but then his uh his uncle made a hill turn two days later and he went to a saturday night taping in toledo so he missed the mothership but then so. still uh, gave him his pictures from that night. That's yeah. Kind of insulting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's awesome, though. Yeah, we got Mongo. We got Glacier. Is that Disco? I yes, sir. So. Yeah. Ming, Barbarian. The Monster Ming. Flair, Ultimo Dragon, Rey Mysterio, Harlem Heat, Jericho. I already said that. Uh, some guy, I don't know. He seems to be erased from my memory. Um, Sting coming out from the Raptors. That's great. Good stuff, man. Yeah, go check those out on our Twitter page, folks. Uh, we retweeted it and shared them on there for some good uh, home pictures of World War Three. But, uh, of course, like we said, hit us up with comments on this episode, on this match. But uh, before we leave here tonight, we do want to talk about The Last Ride, episode two on the WWE Network. Uh, this five-part series, it has been absolutely incredible after two episodes so far. The Undertaker peeling back the layers like we've never seen before. So last week covered that WrestleMania 33 match that was supposed to be his retirement match. And this one focuses on Undertaker's feelings after that match was over, getting surgery, making a comeback, making that decision to face John Cena at WrestleMania 34, which I was able to see yeah. uh, there live and in person. Sadly, we were not there, Travis, but uh, we'll at least have one on-hand report from that night when we get sure. to it. But, man, I would say for this episode, if I could boil it down to one word, it would be vulnerability. We saw mm. The Undertaker vulnerable, which is... You would think those two words just do not go along with each other. Right. But we saw him admitting defeat, admitting failure, admitting self-doubt. We saw him in surgery, getting his hip repaired, which I Ooh, had to... I had to cover it, I, yeah. I did too, man. I, <laughs> I used to work in surgery. It. I had to cover it, yeah. Oh, oh it, was, it was graphic. Um, and we see him doubting if he could do it again. Uh, it was just, uh, man, what, what an episode. Watching him watch the match with Roman back and looking over his shoulder at the cameras, knowing that they were seeing him, like people were going to see his reaction to how disappointed he was, that wasn't lost on me, you know? So um, vulnerability is a great word for this episode. One second. I had to sneeze, so I muted the microphone, you guys at home. Vince would have hated you. You're welcome. Yeah. Speaking of Vince, watching Vince McMahon be vulnerable for one of the first times ever on camera. I told you before we started recording that, not going to lie, I was almost in tears seeing the way that both these guys opened up about each other and just how their relationship is. And it's stuff that you think you know, but we don't know because we're not behind the scenes. But we know what the dirt sheets say or whatever. But, like, this was real. And, like, 
seeing how Vince couldn't even talk about his relationship with Taker. He was getting so choked up. Yeah, this is the guy that hates you if you sneeze, you know? So um, really, really cool there, seeing that and seeing Taker talk about his his wife, you know, and uh, all that was just very, very meaningful to me uh, to see, and again, how you and I have grown to really just love uh, this character and the guy and having, having got to meet him a few months ago is just, I don't know, man, I was vulnerable watching it too. <laughs> so it's good stuff. Uh, I love seeing his training for the WrestleMania 34 match and building the ring. Uh, you saw Undertaker. <laughs> Former Primo WWE superstar. Of all pe- oh, that was a little heartbreaker right there. Uh, but I love seeing Undertaker building the ring. Like, you know, yeah. he was pulling the, the wooden strips in there, putting them in there, putting it all together. That was really neat. And it was like, it was honestly inspirational, man. Yes. You know, when we first started this podcast, we said, oh, God, I hope Undertaker doesn't wrestle again. I hope he's done, man. I just hope he he, he puts it all away, you know, doesn't go out and embarrass himself or anything like that, which is how we thought and I think how most people thought. But then, you know, to, to think that he's, he's, he's not satisfied with that. He believes that he can be better than that and he doesn't want to leave that way he's gonna right. go make himself better he wants to leave himself and leave the fans with something more you know it's one thing to say yeah i want to leave before i'm done but it's i thought it was you know my opinion on this whole thing has changed completely yes to it being inspiring to see him want to go back and do more yeah because he's a guy who doesn't have to do that he could have walked away he's earned enough uh, credit with the fans, you know, that one match isn't going to ruin his career. And again, I I didn't think that match was that bad. I mean, I know obviously that blown spot with the tombstone, but I liked the match. I really did. I remember you and I watching it here in my house. I mean, I really, I still dug it, you know, because again, we thought it was his last ride. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, I'll tell you, you know, you said one, one word comes to mind uh, when you watch this, and I think two words came to my mind. Two words I never thought I'd utter on this episode, but they are Toby Keith. (laughs) I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Yeah. So um, I knew, actually, ashamedly knew that was a Toby Keith quote. I think I heard him or Austin say it on a podcast before. Um, But yeah, I don't know what song it's from. But anyway, I just, my Toby Keith. um, interest stopped it should have been a cowboy back in like 94 or there 95 so i bet i bet you never heard old marshall dylan say miss kitty <laughs> my wife who ever think running away she watched a few minutes of the show and recognized that immediately and played the song wow yes, I, wow i thought undertaker made it up well, i had no so idea at least he didn't uh, quote the we'll put a boot in your <laughs> the american way anyway well, but um uh, you should listen to it it starts off with the the song is about Two women approaching Toby Keith in a bar and wanting to have a three-way with him, and he's like, "See, I ain't me as out. good as I once was, <laughs> but I'm as good once as I ever was." And that's why I stopped my Toby Keith interest <laughs> in 1994. <laughs> oh man, he's basically like a rapper with country, like the stuff he sings about. But I'll tell you what, man, I, this is I, not I, talking I, Toby. No, good heavens, Toby's the worst. <laughs> if you're a, if you're an Office fan, Toby is the worst. But um, one thing I took as inspiration from this and as an in-your-face moment for no one who's ever going to hear this episode, but I may have talked on here before about how there's some folks at work 
that have uh, belittled me for the fact that I wear, may wear a flip-flop in my, uh, when I'm not at work. They're, you know, we're over here in East Tennessee, Southwest Virginia, where they're just a man's man. You know, uh, they don't do anything that's, uh, you know, they, they think uh, flip-flops are girly or whatever. They have other words for it. But anyway, I won't say those. I don't say those words. But um, I will just say something to them, and that is uh, Undertaker. He has flip-flops on during this interview in his prestigious home, and he is the man's man of all men. And he's rocking a flip-flop, and you can't say nothing to me. <laughs> Take I think you that should quote Toby Keith it. and say, how do you like me now? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but anyway, that was inspiring for me. In fact, I went to work Monday and told some people there, like, you know that whole flip-flop thing? <laughs> Undertaker rocks him in there. Showed him a, screen, a screenshot of it, and they're like, wow, man, yeah, he's the man's man. So you can't – they got nothing on you anymore. Man. So, yeah, there you go. Eat I, it. I wear flip-flops every day, brother. <laughs> me right too. I'm right there with you. I'm right yeah, there with you. Yeah. Uh, most adult men I know do, except mm-hmm. for the fellows that are from over here in East Tennessee and <laughs> Southwest Virginia. They go to the beach in their boots and socks. But anyway – Go ahead. <laughs> well, we want to hear what your thoughts are on flip-flops. And, uh, you know, we, we can hear your thoughts on the Last Ride episode 2 as well. Um, Adam Davies, 830, said Undertaker still got it. Um, Rachel Struck said uh, if they showed... Is that Rachel's truck? Mm, it could be. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it could be. Maybe I'm reading <laughs> no, I it I didn't wrong. know. I don't know. Uh, uh, she said to that promo that Undertaker sent to Vince, where he used the Toby Keith line, wow. uh, not going to lie, if they showed this on Raw during one of Cena's promos during this time, the internet would have melted. And yeah. I completely agree with that. Uh, Randy Turco talked about how, um, he says, I wish they would have told us why the Cena match was only three minutes long, because that was a big yeah. plot point of this episode, and they didn't really explain why it cut down uh, in yeah, that's a mystery. Maybe they'll talk about that next week. Who knows? It looks like next week we're going to talk about uh, the Saudi Arabia matches, the uh, DX match. and uh, Was that in... Yeah. That yeah, was, was Saudi. Saudi. The Triple H one he was had in the, Saudi. Yeah, that's right. And the Rusev one was in Saudi, too. So. Yeah. Looks like he's going to be real honest about that one, too. So that'll be yeah. fun to see. <laughs> uh, the Daily Smart said, going to need Talking Taker to do a special episode on this whole doc when it's all said and done. Hmm, maybe, maybe. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, G. Seidel, 1990, said, really put into perspective on not taking performers for granted, which is a great mm. point, seeing mm-hmm. how worn down Taker's body was. And yeah. And uh, the procrastinator writer, who we heard from last week, asked us to unpack the Toby Keith statement because she noodled it over for 12 hours and still has no idea what it means. <laughs> She, there you go. She said it should be, I'll be as good once as I ever was. But uh, obviously, she's, she must be a grammar Nazi, too. Yeah, you can't just, yeah, you can't be grammar Nazi when it comes to country music. So um, they don't, they, they ain't going to use proper grammar, if you will. Nah, so. son. Nah. So, yeah. But uh, we can't wait for that one. We uh, hope you guys will join us next week. Uh, we'll talk about episode three of that as well as we'll talk to the bottom line guys and we'll cover armageddon 2000 
with a special watch along episode and then two weeks from now will be our big wrestlemania 25 special edition show gonna be a fun couple weeks here on the show thanks to everybody out there for listening thank you for all of your support and the comments and the retweets and uh just thanks to everybody out there uh for doing what you're doing during this time whatever it is that you're out there doing we're thinking about you uh and we're uh you know world's crazy right now we're just glad we can provide a little entertainment to you during all that absolutely thanks for letting us in your ear holes every week and uh, if you were there in february 15th 09 in the key arena in seattle let us know if you saw a, i don't know pearl jam concert there and saw this let us know if you saw a president's united states of america concert that no, they wouldn't play a place this big but um if you saw any other seattle band there and then we're here let us know because you guys were a great crowd this night so uh, let us know what you thought about being there and, and seeing Kozlov uh, just screw everything up. Uh, just botch mania. You can make a whole botch mania just out of him for this match. But yes. anyway, Taker makes up for it, and so does uh, the, the beginning. So anyway, let us know what your thoughts were. And uh, like I said, um, stay safe out there and get your talking Taker mask if you need one. Uh, they're probably on sale again. They're on sale all the time. So um, they knock all kinds of prices off. So it's great. And we don't even care about the money coming to us. We want to get a mask and uh, send one to a, you know, a first uh, one smile on the front line. So anyway, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, Toby Keith and, excuse me, take her easy. You're going to feel like a mid-size SUV landing on your ribcage. I would suggest maybe full size. The ones that runs in that premium. Okay, good point.